In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. Maybe the greatest theme song in the history of sports. Nothing gets the juices flowing quite like this. Ryder Cup preview here on the Capital Golf Gang. Soak it in, boys. Oh, I'm such a nerd. We are here live, plausibly live at Golfdom for the Capital Golf Gang on the week before the Ryder Cup. And the gang is almost all here, but we've got Buddy Christensen from Golfdom filling in for Mr. Ghoul, who is out on assignment this week. His assignment, boys, is... Playing golf at Congressional. Not a bad Must one. be nice. Yeah. He, funny he did not cancel that. I offered to step it's in dedication. for that. <laughs> to be here today. And right, Why? and Buddy did yeah, volunteer to take up. his spot at Congressional. Okay, I was going to have to figure well, out how that one Well, he's of... not getting paid. Well, plus he's going to shoot 106, so we'll see how <laughs> he handles oh, that. <laughs> tough course, tough course. Have you played it since we got to see it no. from our friend Andrew Green, the I, lead architect? I haven't, but I know you did. It's interesting. Playing it, different than just seeing it. You know, you're out there, and you're feeling it, and you're hitting the shots. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so anyway. And uh, they have a Ryder Cup in 2040-something. Yeah, 2061, I think, I believe it is. But <laughs> I have the shirt on. He does. They, yeah. they keep selling. Look, the Ryder Cups are strung out so far yeah. into the future. It's I think it's 36. 2036. 2036. Amazing. That's what your shirt says. Yeah. Yes. So this shirt might be a little bit old by then. Europe has won seven of nine, boys, nine of the last 12. And they've had back-to-back nine-point romps in 04 and 06 in that period. The last one in France was a little closer, but not that much closer. And only two wins for the U.S. since 2000. And both without Tiger as a player. He was part as a captain, but no Tiger wins since then. No Tiger this time. Azinger's pod system was supposed to be the savior for the Americans' woes when he implemented it at Valhalla. And since then, I don't know. Good luck potting up this team. <laughs> Am I right about that? Yeah. All right, before we get into the actual matchups and the players and everything else, I want to talk about some of the most iconic moments and <clears throat> Ryder Cups ever, including stories that, frankly, you wouldn't believe unless I was about to show you and let you listen to the stories. Who here is familiar with the old, the legend of old Brian Barnes at the Ryder Cup? Ronnie is. Yeah. Is that Buddy? the Nicholas? The guy hey, played B- Nicholas? I yeah, remember, yeah. The, I remember yep. Barnes. I don't know the Ryder yep. Cup connection. What have I told you? I feel like uh, one of these uh, ESPN 30 for 30s. What have I told you? There was a guy, a really middling career journeyman European tour player back in the 70s, who was a famous drinker 
who once marked his ball with a beer can at the Scottish Open on the 18th hole before putting in to win. And he once beat Jack Nicklaus twice in one day in singles at the Ryder Cup on American soil after Nicklaus said, I want another piece of this guy. While smoking a pipe. (laughs) That's the best part. You would say, not possible. You're making this story up. And I would say, take a look at this right here. Walk onto the first tee and there's Jack beaming with his bloody ice blue eyes. And he shakes me by the hand. He says, well done, Barney, this morning. But there ain't no way you're going to beat me this afternoon. (laughs) Well done, Barney. He looks like Benny Hill. Yeah. It does. Oh, yeah. Sunday morning matchup that has everyone excited is between Britain's Brian Barnes and the man generally considered to be the best in the world, Jack Nicholas. Ben Hunt was our captain. Arnie was the American captain. It just came out of the draw that Jack and I were paired together in the singles in the morning on the last day. By the way, they played two singles oh, matches yeah, on Sunday. Uh, all we did was talk fishing all the way around the golf course. <laughs> Look at the pipe. He's putting with the pipe. on the eighth green. Puts him three up. I'm he adds another pipe. on ten and is ready <laughs> for the kill by I'm the 14th hole. <laughs> Nicholas needs this delicate putt to stay alive. It slides by and Brian Barnes has upset Jack Nicholas Four and two. I was flabbergasted, in all honesty, that there was so much interest in me beating Jack. Because it's match play, for God's sake, over 18 holes. It's sudden death. A couple of putts at the right time, you can beat anybody. Now, I didn't know at the time that the first thing Jack did when he went out of the the, the press conference was go straight to Arnie and said, now look, he says, we only need one or two more points to win the Ryder Cup again. Um, if we want to keep the punters here, yeah. so there's only one match they want to see, and that's Barnsley and I again this afternoon. Arnie then went to Ben, and the draw was changed prior to anybody seeing it. And I think it's the first time and the only time in the Ryder Cup history that it's ever been changed. Nicholas and Barnes are paired again in the afternoon singles. You walk onto the first tee and there's Jack beaming <laughs> with his bloody ice blue eyes and he shakes me by the hand. He says, well done, Barney, this morning, but there ain't no way you're going to beat me this afternoon. So there you go. Wow. Great. Beat him. And beats Nicholas again. See, now, you can't make these stories up. Now, at the time, Barnes said, people treated it like I had just beaten Jesus Christ. But then again... That's how Nicholas was considered at the time. So you can't see it on the radio, but do you see how engaging Nicholas is and always has been in loss? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a a real handshake. It's a look-you-in-the-eye handshake. It's a talk to you. The greatest loser ever. Yeah. Sounds odd to say, but he is, without a doubt. So Barnes would tell the story, because I was looking it up on the web. He said he he went in the locker room, and it was just divided by a partition, and he heard heard this really loud, wham! It's like, what was that? Goes, looks over the partition, and he comes upon Nicholas with his other shoe right up here, about to fire it into his locker. And he says, 
Hello, Jack. Everything all right? <laughs> and then Nicholas MF'd him up for about five seconds and then said, let's go get a beer. Of course, it was Nicholas who insisted two cycles later in 79 that they include all of Europe because the matches just weren't that close. Yeah. See, I, I start with this because what we're going to see next week at Whistling Straits is an amazing blossoming of excess with this event. 30,000-seat stadiums built on a golf course for the first tee. DJs up in the stands to keep the crowd riled up between tee times. I mean, it's great what it's become. But this, Ron, is the organic seeds of this little sapling of an event. You know, watching that has really got me to the point of being speechless. Speechless about what I just saw. Because there's nothing to add to it. Because the drama, right? the playing out, speaks for itself. Yeah. There's no commentary needed for what we just watched. I know. Brian there, was also, there was also no drama. There was no drama. It was well, golf. It, yeah. Right. And it we're, a long, we're a long way from two guys on the same team being the subject of the entire matches. Are they going to get along okay? Bryson. Right. And Brooks. The, the, the this story was, is the golf. This was and Nicholas. Now it's the, nothing to do with the golf. Yeah. Nicholas, the greatest player ever, did not mind necessarily. I mean, he was mad about it, but he didn't take it personally that he lost to a nobody. And Brian Barnes said, "I'll take another piece of him." Lost again, was mad, and then got over. It. And it would not have been analyzed back then the way it would be now. An hour and a half on Golf Channel. Right. What right. went wrong? Is this the <laughs> beginning of the demise of? <laughs> So and so, you know, what? Let's look into this more and see why it happened. Well, Barnsey just said what it is. It's match play for God's sake. Yeah. You make a few putts, you yeah. can beat anybody yeah, right. you know? while smoking a pipe. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> I swear, buddy, do you sell pipes here? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> a CBD pipe. That's what I mean. yeah, we do. So we'll have to look into that first of all. But not only. Did he not have maybe the greatest day ever on the golf course? He looked like he had the greatest oh, day ever. Yeah, with the, that's yeah. With his, his yeah. Sadly, Brian Barnes passed away in 2019. Yeah. Uh, had real battles with alcoholism, went into rehab, um, but lived a great life and has a story, to, has a story that will <clears throat> echo through the years. Sure. So, would you believe another story about the Ryder Cup? A story of a beloved Irishman who had lost his wife to cancer just months before the actual event that was being held in his native country, Ireland, Darren Clark. In his home country of Ireland, Clark walked onto the first tee a mere six weeks after losing his wife to cancer. Look at that golden sunshine. It's so yep. magical. Mm. Phil Nicholson gave me a hug. Chris Marco gave me a hug. Lee, my partner, stand there in tears, and I'm on the tee. Darren Clark. How can you even take it back? How can he take it back? I genuinely had no idea if I was going to make a swing, make a pass out like a 36 handicap weekend golfer (laughs) or what I was going to do. Smoked it. This ball hammered up the right hand side. This is perfect. Fortunately, I managed to hit a 320 down the middle, hit it on the green, and, and, and hold the pop. Not only did Clark win his first match that week, he won all of them, wow. as well as the hearts of everyone that witnessed his magical performance. 
I didn't want to go if I was going to be a burden to the team. I wanted to go and contribute and be be a part of the team. And thankfully, at the end of the week, I was I was able to do that. Clark's gutsy play helped inspire his European team as they routed the Americans at the K Club. I mean, look at that. Look at that face. What other sport delivers this kind of drama? You know, that right there, I remember it so vividly, and I remember crying watching it. But I think that was, for me, the genesis of my not rooting for, but my really keen interest in the European team sure, every respect. year. Dig, digging into yeah, their team yeah. and seeing what what is there. There's yeah. got to be something there, right. and there always is. Yeah. yeah, And I just can't help but not be upset when we lose the Ryder Cup over and over to them. You cannot write a story like that. Right. Then there was the crazy, like Rory McIlroy nearly missing his tea time at <laughs> Medina and then going out and beating who had been the pinup boy of the matches for Team USA, uh, Keegan Bradley, 2-1 and one on 11 minutes of warm-up. Rory McIlroy, who is due to, uh, due to tee off in about 20 minutes, his match against Keegan Bradley. Nobody has seen him on the grounds as of yet. We had an opportunity just Except a few minutes ago. Except for that girl that he married. With David Garland, who is the European team's match director. And apparently, we're not sure exactly why, neither is Garland, but McElroy is late, and so he's currently in a police car on his way to the course. As you mentioned, 40,000-plus on the grounds, crowds massive, and traffic is as well. We are standing right in front of the team room here, adjacent to the clubhouse here at Medina Country Club. Rory McElroy is now on the ground. Watch he had a police escort this police car from the hotel, which is about 15 minutes up the cart from here in Medina. The issue arrives. was the timing. The car is right here. Here is Rory McElroy arriving. His <laughs> tea time is 11.25 local time, Dan. So Rory is coming here a little bit late, but he bit. should be on time for that tea time over at the first tee. Web system. So watch, Web system watch this car. Here is <laughs> Less than 10 minutes from his tea time with Keegan Bradley. You know, normally in big events in golf on our coverage, Johnny, we, you know, have guys arriving at the course. We have our cameras out there. I got to say, this is one of the more interesting arrivals we've ever seen at a Ryder right. Cup, especially. McElroy just rolling a few putts. Just a little more than five minutes from his tee time. Again, he got confused in the time zones. <laughs> He's like, sorry, Captain Lawsable. Sorry about that. Yeah. Go out there and get a point. No warm-ups uh, with his clubs. Just- so that was another story that you say to yourself, you can't write that kind of stuff. And again, the backstory is he married. He ended up marrying Erica Stoll, yeah. who was with the PGA of America at the time, and helped him to make that tee time. Yeah. Now, I think there might have been more to the story than yeah, more to been, the story, but that's fine. Could have been slightly more. Speaking of Rory, how about this from just a couple of cycles ago at Hazeltine? Maybe the loudest roars in the history of the game. Rory putted first from 60 feet. <laughs> I'm But somehow, Reed responded in his wake. Boom. And here comes the best part right here. The sportsmanship. The caliber of play was equaled only by the mutual respect shown from both players. 
And when Reed completed a one-up victory on the 18th green. One-up in a match that had like a zillion birdies to it. Oh, it sure did. I mean, that was a hell of a match right there. 16 birdies. 16, is that right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Let's take a break. We'll come back and talk about some of the other great moments in Ryder Cup history. And then also talk about the... um, matches themselves because we're going to be playing here in just about a week so we got to start figuring out maybe some pairings maybe some weak points on the teams and of course the big one the bryson brooks thing (laughs) we'll get to all that more coming up we are plausibly live at golfdom in the central hitting bay the callaway fitting studio here come on down get fit for clubs get some apparel my god the apparel in here ronnie Ryder Cup Second apparel, right? Including right. Ryder Cup apparel. Not this year. No? Oh, no. You're all out? Well, there's a website for that. Either way, <laughs> great apparel in here at Golfdom. We're back with more on the Capital Golf Gang, presented by Golfdom right after this. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. Caddies will be influential here at Whistling Straits coming up in a week, no doubt about it. Course is tricky. It's not as European. It's not as linksy as a lot of commentators think. Buddy, you've played it. Yep. I've played it multiple <clears throat> times. Ron? I have not played it. John? I have not. Okay. It is a, it's still an American course, right, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. There are not very many runoffs, run-ups, or the type of stuff you see over there. It's American. It's Pete Dye. It is spectacular. And remember, it was made out of, I think, 10,000 truckloads of sand and dirt. That when Herb Kohler, who never spares any expense, says, I own this land here on Lake Michigan, Pete, build me an a world-class golf course. Pete's like, will do. I'm going to need about 10,000 trucks. And he got them. <laughs> and he got them. And so he, he put a course together that is spectacular. But I think it's going to be more American than, than people think. I also believe, even though it looks like, oh, he's dead over there, if you can find it, you can basically hit it. Yep. It's a yep. bit of a lottery in terms of are you going to be in a little scunchy area or, or totally screwed, but you can hit it from a lot of places. Visually, it looks tighter than it actually plays. Right. Um, it, it looks like it's linksy. It looks like you're on the ocean, and you're neither. It's kind of, you know, that the lake looks like the ocean, um, but the way it plays is not, not as linksy as... as I think they, they make it sound. We, uh, I, we have four guys that went over just on a whim. They called the club, and they got the last tee time Ooh. prior to the course closing. So they were there last Sunday, and uh, they said they're all good players. Joe Hoffman, Ben Ricker, Nish Patel, and Nick Holden. I need to mention these guys. They flew out there, went and played the golf course. The first thing – I just talked to them about it last night at the club, and they said that – they were surprised that the golf course is not long. It doesn't play long. Nope. Right. They said the first green, our Nick Holden, one of our boys who kills it, hit it like 15 yards from the first green. Does yeah. that make sense? Uh, from a certain tee box, absolutely. Yeah, they'll, they'll play it from back where the putting green is. It'll did he, play longer. Did he play it all the way back? No, they played as far back as they could. The tees were, yeah. Yeah, These were, guys will go yeah. further With back. the right wind conditions, yeah, because it kind of trundles downhill. 
there's a number of risk-reward par fives, which is classic Pete Dye. That'll be interesting from a match play perspective. I think number five, which they call snake, which kind of double dog legs. Right. It's got water hazards on it. But it's going to be a very entertaining uh, match play course, and I just hope the weather holds out, and I'll be up there to report on it. So, Are you going, Steve? I'll be there, yes. Very right, cool. Yes, so uh, it's going to be fun. Let's hope for good weather. Do we need to talk about what I have as the three greatest moments in Ryder Cup history? They're, they're so talked about by now. War by the Shore, Justin Leonard, and the 99 comeback, and then the Nicholas concession. Would you like to chime in on any of those three just because I want to get to these matches and other stuff? No, I mean, look, they're just iconic moments that everyone should go back and YouTube them and look at them. I mean, there's and there's others, too. There's there's the chili dip of Hunter Mahan, I believe, on <laughs> you know, that he cried his whole way back from that and, Ryder Cup. And know? now look at him. Now he's right now. commentating <laughs> on a college tournament. And it's it, a cautionary it's, tale, but hey, golf is tough. He hasn't cut his hair since that Ryder Cup. <laughs> hey, what, what, did our, what did our guy Gary Williams say last week on this show? Oh, it was great. Channel? Broken. Yeah, we asked him, I said, Gary, if, if someone gave us a billion dollars, you and I, what would you do to create a new golf channel? And he said, I'd do a series called Broken. Which would be really depressing. Oh, and I said, I said, I could be on it. <laughs> he said, talking to the guys when he worked at Golf Channel, like Frank Nabolo and others. Nabolo, I guess, had arthritis that cut short yeah. his career. Did not know that. Uh, talking about just doing stories of how the game broke guys yeah. because they loved it so much and something happened, injury or failure, or they lost their swing or whatever. There's probably Ryder Cups that have broke guys. I watched Bobby Clampett, the next Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Saw a ball in half at Woodmont during the qualifier or the day before the qualifier in the back room, sawing a ball in half because he was just convinced that something was wrong with the middle of that mm-hmm. ball. Wow. Now, that guy's – that's insanity. Yeah. You kidding me? Talk about well, the, broken. For me, those moments, they are the iconic ones. This, there's a great story. There's within a, the story of Justin Leonard. I don't know if you saw that special, but the clergy – the do you know about the clergy? Oh. No. The clergyman who was dressed the, up as the a clergyman. The clergyman who yeah. was known, he would go yeah. to all sporting events yeah. and he would make fake credentials. Yeah, he wasn't a clergyman, he was dressed up as And one. he oh is the first person that Justin Leonard hugs when oh, he yeah. makes that yeah. putt. Yeah. This guy was an imposter. <laughs> Total. He went to the yeah. first tee with yep. a clergy badge. That's great. And he walked the entire yeah. Ryder Cup with whatever group he wanted to as clergy, In and no ropes. one knew who he was. And it's wow. on Faraday, and, uh, and they talk about it. It's the best. Let's take a look at the uh, 99 the final day of singles. I'm a big believer in fate. I have a good feeling about that wink this. And that point, Inspirational man, U.S. Like, captain Ben Crenshaw front-loaded his team out of the gate, while European captain Mark James did the opposite. Strategies that resulted in favorable early matchups for the United States. Davis loved the third, chipped in on the fifth. I think there's like 23 different chip-ins during this three-day match. Before long, the U.S. had swept through the first six matches of the day, getting wins from Davis <laughs> Layman, Tom Lane, Putting the lame in Layman, Tiger Woods, and David Duvall. Shirt untucked for the yeah. 18 Captain Jim Furyk contributed as well, giving Sergio Garcia his first loss of the week. Finally... Justin Leonard, who trailed Jose Maria Olathebel by four holes with seven to play, squared the match on the 16th, then hit the famous putt on the 17th that helped the he point needed to complete uh, the U.S. comeback. Today, I swear it's up in the trees, but it's fate. Mm. So I it's got up I, in the trees. It's fate. He said. I got to go to that Ryder Cup 
for wow Friday I was there. So I, I was out um, before that day. I, I was watching it from home. Um, and But now I'm looking. We've only won twice since that day. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, That's scary. It's unbelievable. It's embarrassing is really what it is. I mean, we should yeah. be better. And, and we're heading towards what could be another disaster, depending on how things go. Well, if they don't win, it's a disaster, well, right? I, I mean, you I'm wanna... saying may not win, may not even come close to winning, and there may be, as Kramer once said, an incident, Jerry. Well, you know what? It's are when, you worried you about an incident, the... Ron? I'm looking at you right now. An incident between our players? You betcha. No, absolutely no. not. You're not worried about that? No. Okay. I'm not. I'm worried about an incident between Sergio and one of our fans or something along those lines. Okay. But um, I'm not. Yeah, because... Uh, I, you know, Brooks Kepka, what he said recently in that Golf Digest interview and what Zinger called him out on, I hope, Steve, you can reference that for those listening that don't know what he said. So basically... I, I've, hold on. I've yeah. said to you guys all along about Brooks Kepka. I've, I've said it. I've told you he's going to open his mouth at the wrong time. This guy is a complete jackass. Yeah. He's the worst of the worst. Let me ask you. And yet... Sorry to interrupt, Ronnie, but if he had said that two weeks ago. He could not be not picked, right? He can't be dropped from the team according right. he, to our setup. Right. I don't, yeah, see, it's Basically, Kepka said, you know, it's such a busy week. We have to go do photo events, and I don't have time to lift. To and nap. I like to, and my I like nap. To nap, and I watch ESPN, and I don't know. It's not a bad and, week, but it's just – and then in the matches, I'm like, I won my match. What do you want me to do? Yeah, and the guy hit a bad – I hit it right yeah. down the middle, and he hit, left me a bad chip yeah, shot. I mean, and I know I the hole's a loss, he says. Yeah. What, and I know the hole's a loss. Unbelievable. Not this that he's guy, ever hit a bad shot. This guy's the worst. <laughs> yeah. And, and we wonder why yeah, we have struggled. Him. Yes. Well, Zinger said so, it best. Yeah, Zinger. Zinger's like, I'm not sure he likes this event. And if he doesn't really love it, if he's not all in, he should relinquish his spot and let somebody who does love it I'd rather have Zinger play. There. Patrick Reed. Yeah. I can't a lot of guys. off this team. I, I know. So, so obviously, guys, you know, Kepka to me has a lot of therapy that needs to be done because there's something about him that's weird. I actually looked up. Florida State golf team, you know, Kepka, because he did play golf at Florida State after he failed as a baseball player, which is the root of all of his dude bro issues, in my opinion. It's like mommy issues are at the root of most people's psychological issues. For him, it's the fact he's not a baseball player. He's a golfer. No, he doesn't I, think, I think it's cool enough. He doesn't think oh, it's okay. cool enough. All right. yeah. That's what I think. That's Dr. I think he, I think he What thinks, do you think? I think he thinks that – Anyone can play golf because, look, I was a baseball player, and then I just decided I would play golf. And it's just – it's not that hard, guys. That's what I think. So that I think he's just be better than everyone else. He's just a jerk. I mean, yeah. I wish I could say another word on who do you, I know. Who do you pair him with? Pair him by himself. Go ahead and just <laughs> pair him by himself. If he's that good, just pair him by himself. I really don't know. I, I'm, I'm really curious uh, what the other players <clears throat> think of him. I really wonder. Well, buddy, what do you think? You know, I I wonder, too, because you got to think if you can get his mind right, he's going to help you win, potentially. But I don't know. Everything he says and shows shows no regard for for any kind of teamwork, any kind of, you know. You should pair him with the largest alpha male on the team because if you pair him with a rookie, he's going to know that all the crap show is going to show up. 
and then that's going to destroy that whole team. You should you should pair them with the alpha male so they both fight for superiority, and, who's and that? it comes out to be an alpha he, here team. Are the, here are the pairings. So apparently the natural pairing of him and Dustin, I don't know if it works anymore because I think they had a falling out. I, I think they're not dude bro friends anymore. Justin Thomas. Because you know what? Justin Thomas play. eventually will turn to him and say, listen, you, <laughs> yeah, get your crap together. Or you're going to have to talk to my dad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're going to have to talk. All Justin right. Thomas might hit him with a golf club. What are the chances he's there? A loose cannon. What are the chances there's a surprise Bryson Brooks pairing? 0. 0.0? Oh, yeah. Okay. Zero, zero. Listen, right. Brooks is going to get paired with Finau or Shoffley or one of those guys because they're lay down. Not with Spieth, because you know Spieth no. is the kind of guy who Brooks looks down on. Like, he probably dumps his clubs out of his bag as he's walking out of the locker room. Hey, loser. Looks yeah. like your bag fell apart. Right. <laughs> I, there's, there's nobody on like this Like in the list. hallway at yeah, school. Yeah, exactly. Looks like you dropped your folders or your, your book bag. Hey, man, you might want to check it? your bag. It looks like it's faulty. <laughs> uh, I mean, but so, so there's challenges there. Here's the other part as you look at the roster on the Jumbotron. Look at the bottom part of our roster and the bottom part of their roster. Yeah. My goodness, did they, with three captain's picks, add 41, 45, and 34 career Ryder Cup matches Yeah, yeah between added, Sergio, mm, Poulter, see. and Shane Lowry? Rookie, rookie. Actually, those, rookie. Are, those are, I'm sorry, those are ages. Right. Uh, 41 matches for Sergio, 22 for Poulter, and Lowry's a rookie. But that's 66 but, and look at their records compared to our records. Sergio's 22-12-7. Yep. Career. How about Poulter? Poulter, 14-6-2. 5-0-1 in singles. So we they we have, have one person who played 16 matches or more, and they have four. They have, we have six rookies. They have three. They have 36 wins with those two picks. We have 26 wins total. Yeah. Something like that. There's no reason we shouldn't be the betting underdog, but we are actually favored by about two to one, by about minus really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the way it is, and they harness that. So anyway, it's it's going to be a tough. And and Rom is just relentless. Rom never misses cuts. You know, our top guy points wise is Morikawa, but he's had a few missed cuts along the way. Where Mm -hmm. you're like, what happened this week? So if we're going to focus on the positives for a second, what are the positives of our team versus their team? Besides the world rankings, they're we've all, got they're eight all of the pros, first, from yeah. what I can tell. There's no amateurs on the team. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've got eight of the first ten, eight of the top ten <laughs> in the world, right? Yeah, there there are they guys that there are guys that we really have care. only one person who's coming in hot, and there, that's the, Cantlay. Okay. We don't have any other people who are coming in hot. Yep. Do we? Uh, Justin's starting more to pull together that, a little bit. Well, more has gone the other way. Yep. Shambo is coming in with torn up hands, allegedly. Oh boy. Yeah. He said he tore up his hands training for this long drive competition. Which Did is, you see that? Which God. is two, <laughs> it's, just, it's, he's it's, just hearing about this right it's now. Two day, I it's, just heard that. It's two days after the Ryder Cup, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's this is but unbelievable. He's, but he's like, it's no big deal. You know, he's like, no big deal. I've done it before. I'll do it again. If it's no big deal, then don't mention it. Don't let it be known. You know, right. but that's he, what I mean, we do. Sitting there doing an interview, bleeding. That's or, what. But that's what we notice? do. We lay the groundwork, uh, just like Kepka uh, laid the groundwork. If there were, if there was to be an ass whooping again, 
than you know. Oh, how do you get my nap? Here, here, here's I think this might or, be. I, I think this might be a complete blowout. <laughs> I really do. On our own soil, the largest margin uh, for Europe was in 04 at Oakland Hills, eighteen and a half to nineteen and a half. And if you remember, I do. That was also the year that Hal Sutton force paired yeah. Tiger and Phil. Yeah. And they went O and two, and then they just didn't talk about it anymore. Yeah. Tiger, Phil prepared away from the course that week. He had just put new Callaway clubs into his bag. Nothing against Callaway, but new clubs. Yeah, new clubs. New yeah. phone, who dis? How's yeah. it going? What's, you know? Uh, Tiger was his normal aloof self when it came to preparing for this event. And Europe that year, I remember, because it was very hostile. It was like the Americans' fans were ready for blood, and the Euros signed, signed autographs, signed autographs. They interacted with the fans. Remember this on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday leading up to the matches? They, and they, had, they, they said, here, try this chip shot, and they neutralized the fans yep. right away. Well, speaking of fans, you know better than anybody, Steve, that the Wisconsin folks are the best sports fans maybe in the country when it comes to passion. They're good. They're good, but they're going to be there for us. Oh, yeah. Loud. I hope not. I hope not too much. I really do. I don't want to see disruption. No, they. I don't think they'll do that. I hope not. It'll be the people who travel there that would be right. a disruption. Right, because remember, they're going to be people from all over the place. Right. So you yeah. don't, if you see a Yahoo do a Yahoo thing, don't assume that they're – from oh, no, absolutely I don't, I don't not. Anything. I could care less where they're from, but I, I want know. them removed. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. You know, I mean, yes. The, the, the other problem because there's going to be a European fan that's going to say, "Hey, Brooksy, to Deschambeau." I don't you know. know. That. I don't know. I'm, they'll get oh. a good Wisconsin ass whooping. I'm afraid. The, the other problem with our team is that okay, Never forget those words. Forget Brooks for a second. Forget Deschambeau's hands. Deschambeau is a tough pair with anyone else besides Brooksy. He is an acquired taste, as the saying goes. Who would you naturally pair him with? And given the fact that he likes to, to hit it a mile, and in paired events, an alternate shot, how much do you let him roam? I'm going to put him with a short game wizard. I'm putting him with Spieth. Okay. Be interesting. Yep. All right. How much do Berger and Scheffler play before Sunday? The two least experienced, lowest-ranked guys on the team. As little as possible. I, one I, session each, see, one, I, yeah. one, and one. I think the opposite based on how well the rookies have done in the past. Our rookies have been our best point-getters. So I think you play them. The, any recipe that you would refer to for past events should be null and void because of our record. Play the rookies. Yeah, but the Ryder Cup is I, – I, I'd like to see them the numbers on that of whether they were away or home because – there is so much more pressure on a rookie at home than there would be away. And it would be interesting to see what those numbers are. I mean, we have six rookies, and the pressure of a Ryder Cup at home, we've heard about the first tee jitters. I think it's going to be very difficult. Let me ask you this, John. You were the, pres- you, you were the captain of the, of the Capital Cup, weren't you? I was. Virginia team. How much did you yeah. dig Capital, into this? Capital Cup I dug is... into it a lot, actually. All right, let's Tell, set, talk yeah. about it. Hold on. Capital Cup is the youth version yeah. in the D.C. area, Maryland versus Virginia. Right, right. right. Ryder Cup-style event, three days. Yep. Ages what? I knew them all. Eight, what ages? Uh, basically, most of them were either 17 or 16 okay. in, my, so, in my year. High school. Might have okay. had a 15-year-old. All right. I've set the, um, set the table. Please and proceed. And boys and girls. So I knew almost all of them. 
And I definitely knew some personalities, and I tried to go after those personalities. And, and I hate to say it, they're kids, but shake them up a little bit and get the right matches. So, you know, I, again, I taught a lot of them, and I knew a lot of them. I taught some from Maryland, too, that I was playing mm-hmm. against. But the question that, that came up on the, on the video here is, this is the, the lifelong question of, a, of a, a team event. When you have someone who's got maybe even a little bit of a substantial lead going into the final day, what do you do with your stacking of your team? Because it's common knowledge that if you're behind, you want your team to get off to a good start, so you stack the front. Well, maybe you don't do that. Maybe you just stack the back because I you know disagree. the other team's going to do it also. So you disagree, Steve? Here's why. Yeah. Momentum's real in this event, and flags in the board are a real thing. And people see them, they can say, oh, I don't look at the scoreboard. They're going to see the scoreboard. They're going to hear the roars. Stem the tide. It's like triage. Uh, but you can't prove that I'm right or you're wrong. It's just my yeah, feeling. I'm, I'm actually asking the question because it's always that question that you ask. How do you come out with that of where do you put those players when you're behind three points or ahead three points? It's always a question, but almost inevitably, it's the opposite approach that the other team takes and if you could just fool them up a little bit i wonder but then again everyone's afraid to do that because then they're going to say oh well you did it differently and then you lost right you got killed so well how about this i will tell you ronnie it's fun it is fun to coach a team like that Mark, mark james in 99 sat some of his guys for the entire matches until sunday just buried them because they were you know, so lowly ranked. Like, Yarmo Sandlin didn't play, and I they, think, until Sunday. And they got drummed, right? They got drummed. <laughs> yeah. And, and he did not front load his best players on Sunday. That allowed the American surge back. And you could say, well, duh, bad strategy. However, it would have worked out fine if Justin Leonard hadn't made a 70-footer. Yeah. yeah right. So, you know, the winners write the history books, and you could say, in retrospect, well, that was a dumb strategy. It actually would have worked out. Would Stricker actually sit guys for an entire day just because he knows they're not that good? I almost feel like there's now a Little League-style participation element where, well, you got to give him a session a day. I think Stricker's going to be a good captain. I think he's going <laughs> to do the what answer it takes. To that. I, I think there's no chance he sits anyone for an entire day. No, I agree. Everybody plays at least but, once But I don't a day. even think it's smart to do that. Of course it's not. This, if you're, if you're just trying to win, you should look at your guys and go, you're not playing till Sunday, and I may throw you up against Rom because we don't think anyone can beat Rom. Right. Yeah. That, uh, you know. I know we've got to go to break, but I want to ask you, Steve, you were at the Ryder Cup in – At Medina. Can you tell me what it's – you were on the first tee above huh. – up a high. What's it like? Because I've uh, never was, been and I want to go. Well, it was, it was incredible, and obviously it's uh, – Either you got to camp out early to get a seat in that opening grandstand to watch the first tee go off or have a press pass with access to this catbird sort of row of media availability. I stood on top of the grandstands. They eventually kicked me out because they were looking at my pass going, you don't have access up here. I just flashed it and walked real quick like, I got to go up here. And I got a picture up there with my iPhone, a panorama. That is so good. The, the iPhones are so good that I framed it and blew it up. It's in my basement. It looks like a professional photo. Wow. Very but cool. it's palpable. The, oh, it's the, crazy. It's, it's spine tingling. It's amazing. And, I uh, love the Ryder Cup. It's I great. Know. It's I great. Know. It's a tough watch, though, if you are 
just schlubbing around the course because there's not a lot of matches and there's 40,000 people. But every two years, give it a go. Yeah. All right, one more segment to go here on the Capital Golf Gang. We are live, plausibly so, at Golfdom. Come on in, get fit, get some equipment, get some apparel. We'll come back and wrap the show right after this. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who once dreamed of becoming caddies on the PGA Tour until they found out you have to take the blame for everything. All right, final segment here of the Capital Golf Gang Ryder Cup Preview. Save here. John Rodas at the Ronas Golf Academy at River Creek, also the director of golf. And uh, busy these days. With busy, busy, busy. Golf course maintenance issues and <laughs> stuff popping up all the time. Buddy Christensen, owner of Golfdom here, come on by. Fall's the best time to play. Ron Thomas, who has been playing all over here and there. How you been playing, buddy? I've been, I've been playing well. I had the uh, Virginia State Senior Open down in... Richmond at Independence, and I finished 23rd. I shot 73-74. And as this is airing, I'll be at uh, Fawn Lake down in Fredericksburg playing in the Virginia State Mid-Am. Oh, great. Very yeah. nice. So. Somebody was asking about you, a long acquaintance, and I said, oh, Ron's great. He's playing all these tournaments these days. And they're like, really? And I go, yeah, I, I bet he plays 50 actual events a year. Is that number about right? Probably. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. Love it. All right. Uh, real quick, I had a chance to talk to the great Peter Jacobson. Buddy helped set up this interview uh, with one of your reps for yeah. Zexio. Zexio, the uh, national sales manager of Zexio, yes. Longtime yes. friend and uh, one of the best guys in the industry. But anyways, Ron, good, good Ron with Theory. Chuck Theory. Chuck Theory, not Ron Theory. Yeah. Chuck Theory, T-H-I-R-Y. That's it. Okay. And uh, I asked Jake about a lot of things. He played in two Ryder Cups, 85 and 95, and has commentated for NBC on a number of them as well. I asked him a question about the Brooks Bryson thing, and I was surprised at the answer. One of the biggest storylines that isn't really golf, per se, of this year's matches is the Brooks Bryson thing. I'll ask you, do you think that thing is real, that sort of edge, that rivalry? And if so, is it bad for golf or the PGA Tour? I definitely think it's bad for golf. I think it's, it reminds me of two six-year-olds in the, in, the play, in the playground arguing over a, the blue crayon. It's, it's the silliest thing in the wow. world, and I would expect both players to rise above it for this Ryder Cup because they're representing the United States. Right. If they both, again, I don't, know who, I don't know the backstory. I don't know who's at fault. I don't know who perpetuates it. I, I don't really care. I just know that if Arnold Palmer were alive, he would probably march into that team room and sit those two guys down and say, stop it. It's bad for golf. It kind of takes you into a Jerry Springer uh, at marathon. And, mm-hmm. and, and people just roll their eyes and think, wow, aren't these guys a little more mature than that? Your thoughts? <sighs> Jake. I like Peter Jacobson. I, yeah. That's my thought. And I don't have anything to add. I agree right. with everything he says. I, I, Interesting, interesting perspective there from Jake, to be sure. So, all right, before we uh, finish up with the Ryder Cup here and finish up with the uh, episode this week, anything else notable in the world of golf that you want to talk about? Anything you've seen come across had happened? Uh, did you ever hook up with my guy Kyle to help fix his swing, Ronis? 
No, I not yet. No, you're that, working but on I'll it. But I'll tell though. you what. I, I'm trying to get Holy a guy. Smokes was that interesting? To <clears throat> well, see. I know, but it's between <laughs> that and Gorgie Swing, those two things that you sent me. Gorgie literally, swing, I had to go to therapy. Gorgie Swing is unfixable. My man wow. Kyle is fixable, and I would like you to hook up with him. Yeah, I, I played golf with a guy who's a former, you know, PGA pro at Whiskey Creek. He's a really good player. He's in a bad spot right now with the fats, so he's correcting for it by doing this. Oh, it's ugly. And, and I'm like, we can fix it's that. Ugly. He's like, no, it doesn't work. I'm not going to take lessons. That never holds. He's like, well, that's kind of how the text kind of went. So, you know, if he wants to come over, <laughs> okay. that's fine. I'm sure he was, a, you know, or is a good player. It's all right. But you, you don't mind place. me sending guys no, to you no, 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 whenever possible, right? No. Okay. If you, I, no, I no. mind Gorgie Swing being brought up in this show, though. Why is that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, we we just, had to watch Gorgie Swing last week. He's off the ground at impact. Well, that's Both the feet. that's the least of it. The club is straight vertical. Well, it has to be. He's jumping. He loves well, the game, but he, that's the thing. He, he loves the just game. Stick with that. I, if I could get Gorgie swing two degrees flatter coming through, he'd feel like two. a miracle. Yeah. Two. Oh, he's too He's twenty-two degrees. But then you know what? He'll probably hit a drive, and I look at it and I say, "If I could hit that drive, I'd play in oh, every event funny. that I would play in." Funny. So, I have I have something to add. Uh, the, the USGA, um, the Mid-Am, is next week. Charlie Weingartner from our club. Want to wish him good luck. Michael Muir, who's been on the show. Yes. Uh, Frank Alifaganis. All these guys have made it. I think that it's it's going on at the same time as the Ryder Cup, which is remarkable to oh, me. Yeah. Because it would have been scheduled years, a oh, few years right. in advance the in the Ryder Cup. Right. Huh? The, it was the USGA Mid-Am. Oh, the Mid-Am. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it's going yeah. on during right. the Ryder Cup. In Nantucket. Yeah, and uh, I just uh, want to Say to Buddy, thanks again for you know being a part of the show and for oh, sponsoring so us. But folks, you, you've got to come into this store. We, if you listen to our show and we keep talking about it, and you say I got to make it over to Tyson's and go to this to this place, you've got to come to this store. There's no place like it. Uh, you make know. a day of it. Bring yeah, it really. Well, no, <laughs> bring your wallet. Because <laughs> yes. you're going to want everything. Right. Just bring your bring, wallet. Bring the wallet. But thank you guys. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Yeah. It's awesome. Buddy told me, he's like, I've got more inventory than I would have ever had before. Normally, I'd be sweating bricks thinking about how am I going to move it. But you're in a good spot these days with all yeah. the It's more about stuff. making sure you have it right if now. If you That's build right. it. All right, boys. Enjoy the Ryder Cup. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Capital Golf Gang. Get out there, play golf. It's fall. It's beautiful. It's the time. And we will see you next time.